0: Hey guys, welcome to the Future Tech Podcast and I'm your host, Chris Fernando. In this show, we cover all the latest and the greatest in the world of tech, including artificial intelligence, blockchain, machine learning, digital transformation, big data, and lots more. In today's episode, I'm joined by Pavel Makarevich of Proven Reality. We speak about the application of AR and VR in various industries and how these technologies can boost workforce efficiency and resilience. So thank you, Pavel, for speaking to us today. Thanks my pleasure thank you so we'll start with a brief about uh, you know uh, educational institutes because that is one of the hottest topics right now with, with kids and uh, students you know learning from home uh, how do you think educational institutes are using ar and vr solutions and um, you know what if if some of them are not using those right now for education what needs to be done to encourage them to use those solutions as well Okay,
1: so um, yeah, for educational institutes, and uh, I think it's also important to mention, what are the main use cases that we can see right now in terms of education. So and we can like see them three major use cases. So one is visualization of data information and images that was not possible before with a 2d like books, videos, etc. Then we can see the collaboration component, how people can collaborate in VR staying at home or different places. And third one, which is, I think, the most important is the simulation one. And we, if we talk about the education, I think that the two components are very important. One is collaboration. So to allow the group of people from like different places to collaborate and have a discussion, have the whiteboard, uh, etc. So this, this brings this uh, group dynamics uh, to the discussion and educational process. Uh, still, the simulation part is also the very important—not, uh, I would say, for schools, right—but rather for universities, for institutes, and for professional education, where the VR can simulate the environment and things that are not available or very limited in real life. Uh, let's say if we're talking about the healthcare specifics, right? Then not all the patients wants to be a part of simulation or to have a uh you know training with the students because still this is our real persons and in the same at the same time dvr gives capabilities of using the virtual patients which can be defined for various cases for various diagnoses, for various environments which is very hard to find in real life but at the same time at the same time students can experience how to use how to communicate with patients what they need to look visually with uh, on the patient how they want to use the tools, uh, analysis, whatever it's needed. So g- this, I think gives much more, uh, use cases and things that can be learned, not just out of the book when you have just, you know, list of some definitions, but rather the almost real life scenarios. So, but in here, and the goal here is really simulate the same case when the like doctors and nurses will come to the real work and they will, have similar questions or the same questions with patients, they will know exactly set of tools that they need to use. So this is one of the I think, biggest use cases that can impact the uh, lives of many people. And also we can see, you know, we all know that like, for example, in pilots preparation in aviation, TVR and air are used already for years, right. But as soon as technologies are developed, then uh, we can see an extra layer and extra capabilities coming to this area as well because this is another like simulation environment. At the same time, if we t- will talk about the more like physical objects, not these something to do, do with people, but you know any environment, any uh, like hardware skills uh, or hard skills that needed to be done, this is also a good candidate for VR. I'm not sure if this is already as a part of education process right now, but I believe this will be coming, right? Because any equipment, if it's electronic or mechanical, it's a good candidate to have a look and do the exercises in vr because in some cases the equipment can be costly right and in some cases you really need to experience the environment uh, that uh, that you're there so i think this is like overall plus we can also say that in, not in terms of like the hard skills but also in terms of soft skills uh, we can already see the adoption of uh, like manager, especially the manager's preparation or people preparation for working in the group of people. How to handle different cases? If it's interview, if it's you know there is some conflict or there is some situation need to be resolved. What you expect from people? How they can behave? And this, as soon as you in VR, you're really experiencing on your emotional level how you will feel in this kind of situation. When, for example, your colleague is coming to you and wants you to do something and you don't want to do this, right? and this is another part so overall i see that vr can add lots of value in terms of simulation training of hard skills and also training of soft skills
0: okay Um, in terms of the usage of vr in various industry sectors we talked about we spoke about uh, education and healthcare Uh, from your experience which are the other industry sectors where you see a kind of demand for these kind of uh, solutions
1: Uh, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we mentioned healthcare, we've mentioned the education, but overall, I think as soon as there is a like medium to to large organization with lots of people, and also the global businesses, we can see that collaboration is also coming at first place, where you're not just having the zoom call, or you're having like the chat, but you can actually collaborate with using the avatars within the group of people that you need to. And you can actually write things, draw things, you can discuss, you can make you know almost real life discussions. Of course, this will not replace the offline meetings, but in this case of COVID especially, this is not possible, right? And I believe that this approach of collaboration can be applied to any kind of businesses as well as for government organizations, because these are also quite big structures. And also in terms of industries, I believe that if we talk again about the use cases, right, simulation, uh, visualization, and collaboration, that also like construction, like energy, like elect- electronical things, these are all good candidates to be put in VR. Let's say for maintenance as well, right. So I, we already have seen a case where the like wind uh, generators that should be maintained, right. This the training dinosaur is already in VR, which means that people do not need to climb up to these big things, right? And it's scary. And they can experience the to feel how it will look like from there first, and then also really to follow the procedure of maintenance. So to what, what I need to do, what I need to op- open, what I need to replace these kind of things. So this gives them much less stress in the real environment. So because you know, first time on different environment, different things, you, you have you read some books, but when you have actually seen this, how it will look like, it gives you less stress and more efficiency during the execution. And just one final note I wanted to make. So we're talking about more professional services and business and education, but I believe that entertainment is another another big story that is happening right now. So you can see that, you know, comparing to the uh, games that we have seen before, like uh, on the PC, on consoles, et cetera, right now we can add the physical layer when you can actually have a movement and lots of things happening. Uh, in the 360 uh, degrees i think this is also another thing that will uh, will boom in in the next couple of years
0: um so you spoke about uh, vr being used by other industries as well like for example the wind turbines where uh, the t- training is being given uh, you know uh, through vr rather than having uh, you know the per- people being there per- you know uh, personally uh, you know climbing up on the uh, turbines as well uh, we've also seen examples uh, in the print industry for example where uh, printing presses are being maintained using uh virtual reality as a you know as a, as a as a service as well. Uh do you see other companies also adopting AR for uh tech support? And do you do you think that this will become a mainstay for businesses in in the in the future as well? Yeah. So for the technical
1: support and let's say remote support as well, this is another big thing that uh is happening already. But in this case I would uh state that there are two cases here. So one is basically telepresence which has nothing to do with VR or AR and, you know, voice, uh, two way communication by voice, two way communication by image. Uh, and this is already happening. And the costs that are needed to implement this are quite low already, but this is not the AR part. And this is what already is happening. If you need uh, support on remote location, you can put this device on and get the support from the expert from any part of the world. So this is one. And second case where it's also happening, but a bit slower, uh, is about AR, which is basically addressing and fits exactly the same case of maintenance, support, uh, remotes, uh, remote remote uh, support as well uh, with AR. But the cost of AR devices right now are still high to equip all the support engineers with them. But going forward, I believe that AR has uh, much uh, bigger capabilities of fitting into it because it's not just the two-way communication which is also quite helpful in most of the cases, but it's also bringing the extra layer, which will allow people to do it even more efficiently and precisely. So as I mentioned, this is happening right now with telepresence, I believe more because the costs are there, the technology is already there and AR, I believe in a few years, this will replace the telepresence with these extra capabilities.
0: Uh, So there's a question that you would probably get from many of the customers that approach you for these kind of solutions right are there any prerequisites that companies need to follow uh before implementing vr and ar solutions uh what do you think i mean according to you what are the prerequisites that companies need to follow uh when they want to you know implement these kind of solutions in their organization uh
1: yeah so i would say from technology perspective this is not something super complicated already that technology you know is widely uh used and you can find lots of examples and ways of implementation so i think that the main uh question for organizations is really to start thinking about the goal right because it can be marketing of course just to adopt the technology and say that hey we're super cool but if we talk about the real outcomes it, it can be like reducing costs optimizing operations enhancing collaboration increase knowledge retention, these kind of things. So first of all, we need to, the organization needs to define a goal, what they want to do. And after that, the technology, so technology is basically a tool, right, but not the purpose. And if we know that, for example, we we, we would like to have a better knowledge retention within the company, then we can decide, okay, what are the business that we're doing, how we're doing trainings right now, and how technology can contribute more, because there are already like researchers that VR, for example, has much uh, higher knowledge retention than the regular trainings and education and of course this all come in with a reducing the cost because you just need dvr which you know the cost are reducing like almost every half a year and uh, we don't need too much manpower to handle this so you can just use it anytime
0: thank you pavel for speaking to future tech it was nice having you with us today and we look forward to speaking to you again in the future okay thank you very much thank you thank you pavel thank you